at the podcast where we review books. Hello and welcome to Forever Young Adults, a podcast where I, Aoife, and I, Kira, talk about young adult fiction. And I'm setting a 30 minute timer for our recording because we're trying to be more organized these days. Hi, Aoife has ADHD and I have suspected ADHD. So we're setting a timer on our own podcast. Well, yes, just so that you, the listener, can have the best listening experience possible. And we also want to start today with a little bit of an announcement, which is obviously if you've been here for a while, you know that June is a special month because while we always do queer books because we are both queer people, this month specifically we're going to be doing a collaboration with an organisation called Small Trans Library, the Dublin branch, uh, where a very nice guy called James has recommended trans books for us to read and we will be reading them and discussing them on the podcast. Uh, I really love the work of Small Trans Library, they are exactly what they sound like from the name, just a little lending library that people I mean, anyone who wants trans books can borrow books from them. They also, during the uh, during COVID-19 uh, pandemic and the issues it has had, the vulnerabilities it has exposed during our system, they're providing support in the form of a mutual aid fund for trans people. There's a trans grocery fund on there. And they also uh, work with a a trans support house in, I think, Nigeria, but I will research that more before we do that episode. Mostly, they're a really, really cool queer organisation. I love their work. And I love the book that James has recommended to me that I'm currently in the process of reading. So look forward to that. Um, We have struggled, haven't we, Kira, to find decent trans books? (laughs) I, in particular, have struggled to find decent trans books. Um... And have been looking for them. And sometimes I'm like, this book is fine. I just don't personally like it. And other times I'm like, this is not good representation of trans people. This is a bad book. And it's it's upsetting because I want I want better representation for trans people. And I also want non-trans people, cis people to read them and and have a better understanding of what of what it is to be a trans person and also to like a lot of these books tend to dehumanize trans people in some way and I'm like stop that stop that catch up this happens less and less with like lgb rep in books and so I'm like I want I want that for our our trans brothers and sisters and siblings and siblings <laughs> I think that's a pretty big omission my dude um but yeah Yeah, um that's true um um and i'm really excited for the the two that we're going to be covering and we will have links to donate to the small trans library dublin um in in our descriptions for for june so that's our announcement uh but today we are going to be reading blood moon by lucy kachu which is a romance but is mostly an in-depth looking at look at sexual shaming and the internet. So I just want to say right off the top that this is a sexy book, and if you have little ears listening in, 
you may not, this may not be a discussion for them because we are going to talk about like everything in this book is like consensual and all of that. But well, it's just sexually explicit. The sex, the sex in this book is consensual, but things do get out of hand from there. Um, it is sexually explicit, but also very nice. The sex scene, there's only one sex scene and it is a very sweet, very nice, gentle sex scene. It's that after that, things go viral on the internet. That's a thing that happens in this book. And I will tell you more about it now in a second, now that I've, I'm finished with my vague, I guess that was a content warning. <laughs> yeah, so this is, is we're going to be discussing sexual topics in a frank and open way. So... If you're not here for that today, don't. <laughs> yeah. Try um, one of our other episodes. We almost, I was going to say we almost never talk about sex, but I cannot, I cannot bet. So like most of the times, like I cannot, I cannot promise a couple that. Of books that we've done in which there, yeah, there's a couple of books that we've done in which there is a sex scene and it's like, okay. And then they have sex and move on. But this book is about the fact that like, that she does a sexy thing and then is shamed for it immensely. So I'm just going to let you know, this is, this is the description at the back. During Frankie's first sexual experience with lovely Benjamin, she gets her period. It's only blood, they agree, no shame. Then a graphic meme goes viral, turning their fun, intimate afternoon into something mortifying and damaging. As the online shaming takes a horrifying life of its own, her universe implodes. So that is the book. That's the whole book. The book takes place over, it's split into three parts and it takes place over about 10 days. And it's also in verse. Another so, one of those. Is that our third? I, I've covered two books in verse and pod. This is my first in verse on the pod. I did read Meg Grehan's uh, books that were in verse previously, but this is my first one for the pod. So it, I think it really suited. I think it really suited the content. I had a lot of praise for it as I was reading it. Um, it also, I really liked it. I liked all the I statements as it was going because like there's no, there's very little description in a verse novel because it is a person saying I said this he said that and then a very vague description of their action mm-hmm. um, so it's in verse which is really interesting um, and for the format she the way that it's done is just it's it's almost like a stream of conscious thought from our main character who's called Frankie and as she is like going about her day and describing both what she has said, what other people are saying and what she is saying. And because it's, because of its inverse, most of the dialogue, she's always, all of her dialogue is always on the right. And then other people's dialogue is on the left and it like cuts across. And it, I really like the formatting of inverse books is Mm -hmm. just like, like th- there's not much else to say you can pick up any and then you'll be able to see how how they're formatted and it's often done in the same way when we did the book by sarah cross on about the twins who one. joined when we did one the formatting in that meant that the twin that was talking was on the left and so 
almost all the writing was on the left. And then after surgery, the the format changed so that the, the writing was in the middle because they were no longer the left person. And so that was like a really interesting choice that was made. And in this, it's it's very similar, but also because there's, oh, I feel so bad for the, the people who have to do like typography for these kind of things because and typesetting. You'd be shocked how much. A lot in it. You'd be shocked how much there is in it, even in a standard novel or what have you. It's, it's an art form. Yeah. Like, um, so at, like at one point after Frankie and Benjamin have their sexy time, there's rumors going about us and like the way in which the the type is is placed in the book I can almost feel Frankie having a panic attack like I can just I can just see the way that she is saying it and like the gaps between the words as she takes a breath and just is like I hear one word above the white noise of gossiping period and also like every so often words are like grayed out um particular and that like emphasizes how she feels so she has a best friend called harriet and there's a lot of stuff happening with harriet in this book as well on like her own personal level that's connected but separate to frankie's situation and they have a massive fight in which Harriet says, you are nothing to me. And every time nothing is said after that, like in re- when Frankie remembers that Harriet said this, the nothing is like grayed out because it makes her feel so small and so invisible. I think it's interesting that this author has chosen, like, is this book set in the 90s? Because these are very no. 90s names. And also... Harriet and Frankie are both like boy names that are girl names, you know? They're very tomboyish. Yeah, um her Frankie's dad calls her Frank a lot. Mm-hmm. Um like he calls her Frankie, he calls her Frank. Um they call Harriet both Harry and Harry um at various times. Only only Frankie's dad does that because oh my goodness, Frankie's dad dad's a teen girl is Oof. he he is trying so hard to be a cool dad and be down with the kids. And Harriet is like, they, they're next door neighbors. They're next door neighbors. They've been friends their whole life. So this fight between them is like really significant within their friendship because their friendship's really significant in their lives. This is like, they've had fights before, but never of this caliber. And like, it really does feel like things between them are irreparable irreparable and their parents are or frankie's parents anyway who are the ones that we see are like concerned about it and do keep prodding frankie to both talk about what happened between them and also maybe just talk to harriet and be like listen you don't want to talk to me us about like what's happened between you and Harriet, but maybe you should talk to Harriet about what's happening between you and Harriet. It must be um, really reassuring as a parent of a teenager to see that they have a good friend. Yeah. Because there are a lot of things that like teenagers don't want to talk to their parents about. And like a good parent will realise that and realise that you've got a limited role to play in it. But it must be nice to be able to be like, okay, I trust this other kid. 
to be good to my kid. Yeah. So it's it's not set in the nineties. It's mm-hmm. set in the right now ish. Oh dear, picky. Um, right. Which is how things explode so much. So wait, like the pandemic right now? Okay, no, okay, no, 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 cool. no, 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 no. Nothing set in the right Nobody- now. Right now. Nobody is writing things said in the pandemic because as as with the Spanish flu and nobody wrote about that, nobody wants to remember living through a pandemic. Oh, but... We want to do it and then move on. A thing that John Green and Virginia Woolf both had a lot to say about. Um, <laughs> I do want to watch the, uh, the Anne Hathaway movie that is about living through a pandemic. Um, a movie that came out in 2021 called Lockdown. It's her and Chiwetel Ejiofor. Um, apologies on that pronunciation if I got it wrong. He's uh, there's uh, it's this new movie you'd, you'd recognize him if you if you saw him anyway. Um, and it's Anne Hathaway and her husband or partner or whatever, and they're locked down for COVID, and they find out that one of them wanted to break up with the other before the pandemic happened but now they're locked in the same house together and then they do a heist which they're only what is able to a do heist because what is she, she's like an insurance person and she so she knows when um she's working with like insuring all of the things um at like london's most expensive shops and then she is like hey my work's super immoral actually i'm having to see all these great people every day lose their jobs and shit and then i think he loses his job so he doesn't have much to do (laughs) and they're like let's rekindle the spark in our marriage by that actually sounds fun but that's the only pandemic movie i want to (laughs) watch That's only fun because they decide to do a heist together. Like, if it was just a drama drama movie about a family imploding as they wanted to break up and now they have to spend all of their time together, I would not be here for it. That would be shout crack. Yeah. Um, okay, back to the book. Cool. So, what happens is... Is Frankie... Okay, do you want to hear Frankie's story or Harriet's story? Because one leads into the other. Which is most natural. I don't have a strong preference. Okay, so Harriet starts first and leads to kind of like why there's such a rift in them. Mm -hmm. So Harriet and Frankie are the bestest of best friends, but they have been drifting slightly apart as Harriet becomes more into boys and Frankie is... Frankie, Frankie is like not not into boys, but like just a lot shyer about it, a lot quieter about it. They're both about 16 years old. And yes, they're 16 years old. They go to a sweet 16 party right at the start of the book. And Is this an American book? No, it's it's set in the UK. Okay, cool. Because I thought UK based on the names, but then sweet 16, I was like, that's Amarisian. I mean, cultures move. That's true. As that we go. Um, and isn't the whole world becoming more Americanized as they take over our TV? Don't, don't say that. Uh, <laughs> it's part of their uh, self propaganda. Yeah. Anyway, that's how America co- colonizes the war- the world via TV and war. Yep. It's cultural colonialism yep. and then also actual colonialism. Yeah. We're not an anti American podcast, but we are an anti imperialist one. Yeah. So, so they go to a so the sweet sixteen party. <laughs> <laughs> 
so so at this party, Frankie meets Benjamin, who she kind of knows from school anyway. But at this, she like realizes that he is an attractive boy, and we and we get the phrase "Fanny flutters," which is. Ooh, very 16 and also very horrifying. Every day the Brits commit violence against me. <laughs> um, and we kind of see like the beginning of a rift between Harriet and Frankie in this, just that they're like growing older and the things that they're interested in are just slightly off kilter. They have a treehouse in between their house where they spend a lot of time and in it they've set up a telescope and Frankie in particular is super into astronomy and local t- vo- and volunteers at the local planetarium and is planning on doing an internship over the summer there. And Harriet used to be just as into it, but now she's kind of into boys and stuff. And also photography is more her thing. Mm-hmm. And Frankie is just like super focused on school right now and this planetarium job and just looking to the future. And Harriet is more like we're young and free and single and we can text boys and just see what's happening right now and that difference in them is causing a rift mm-hmm. and this culminates with Harriet is jealous that Frankie is is going se- setting themselves up for the summer internship and she decides that she also wants to do the summer summer in- internship because astronomy has always been the two of their thing and she can see Frankie drifting away from her on this but she really struggles and decides because her essay is not very good and her teacher their physics teacher tells them that her essay is not very good Harriet decides to send a sexy picture of herself with the essay for remarking is Harriet okay we do- I honestly spend most of the book being like spent most of- so the book is split into three parts. There's like the setup, the 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 setup, the action, and then as as most books are, are but it is physically set into three parts. Mm-hmm. And I spent most of the first part being like, can someone talk to Harriet because I think that something is happening in her life and someone needs to talk to her. Like that is things an are like it's sexual action. It is. And she's just like, I don't understand why everyone thinks I did something wrong. Like, oh my god, like, the school administration takes it super seriously, obviously. You cannot have children sending child porn to their teachers. And, like, obviously her teacher then reported to the, the administration because you can't have, you can't as a teacher have child porn in your possession and not report it. Like there's whole sorts of things. Like even just working in the library, I have a duty of of responsibility to children in reporting things like this. Like as a teacher, whoa, you gotta, you gotta be, be on this. Yeah. Um, as a former like support worker in social care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Please God, so, like, someone check if Harriet's okay. I mean, she's not, but someone figure out what kind of not okay she is and start towards helping her. Yeah. So this like really like massively affects their friendship because Frankie is like, has almost no sympathy for Harriet because Harriet did this terrible thing. Like they sent this photo, which was a misguided choice. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, 
she is also a child. It is it is illegal. It is a very bad idea. But she is also a child who made a mistake. Mm-hmm. And Frankie is like shaming her. You are a shaming her and is like you are a slut and you need to take responsibility for your actions you slut and they have a massive fight about it and so they are not talking when frankie when frankie gets a little closer to benjamin and they have a really cute really lovely flirtation that is just like very natural very nice a little bit quick but to be honest it didn't I remember being a teen. Do you remember being a teen and just parts of it being like things are faster. Things just happen faster in your life because everything is so immediate. For to one you. thing, you're often in the same building as everyone yeah. you know for large parts of the day. So yeah, that stuff moves quick. Um so they start walking home together and on one of the walks home, Frankie invites Benjamin into the house. And they end up doing some sexy things together. They do not have uh, P and V sex, but they do. Um, they do both have orgasms. Wow, and I was just like, job. hey, hey, Benjamin, pr- go you. Look at you. Look at you getting a girl off on your first th- first try. <laughs> His first try? Yeah. Good job, kids. <laughs> Yeah, I was, like, real impressed by him. And they have just, like, and in this... Um, d- just uh, just to clarify my statement, I am not saying this is, like, uh, I am not saying that, like, vir- virgins can't be good at sex or whatever, but, like, one, you need to learn your about your partner, and two, it's often not the priority for teenage boys. So that is yeah. where the impress is coming from. I'm not saying you need to have, like, a bunch of sex to be good at sex. Or that good um, sex is measured in orgasms. But you know what I mean. But in this, when they finish up and they're just like being gentle with each other, they discover that there is some blood on Benjamin's fingers. And after a quick uh, check about, they are sure that he's not cut and that it is in fact Frankie's period. Just he poked at it, at it. And now Frankie is having her period. Mm hmm. They decide that it's nothing serious. And this is like the issue of the book. And I'm not really going to talk about the plot too much after this because I just want to talk about shaming Mm -hmm. of women because through various things that are spoilers, people in the school discover that Benjamin fingered Frankie on her period. Mm-hmm. And they don't know that it's Frankie and Mishley. And so the, like even her own friends are like, ew, that's disgusting. Why would you let a boy touch you while you're on your period? And Frankie is like, maybe you didn't know. <laughs> maybe you didn't know it was your period. Like, I have had, I have had sexual uh, experiences where I was like, I'm not on my period. And then afterwards you're like, huh. Maybe maybe it's 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 rummaging, and just like it's stuff. It's a natural around. thing. Yeah, um, people's bodies at any one time. A quarter of all menstruating people are on their period. That's just that's just how statistics and time works. Mm-hmm. And so only one of her friends like defends it before they know that it is Frankie who is involved. And even then, it's because they 
themselves have had like the finger pointed at them and they're like listen it wasn't me but if it was me what would it matter like it's fine uh, Which, it's- i mean it, teens are teens can be so cutthroat because it is such a precarious social circle that even saying that probably got that person extra pointed at you know this is the thing this is the thing that i felt like the book did the best was Yes, it does highlight online shaming and this the, a lot of the bullying that happens from this incident is online because a meme is made of Frankie and it's a picture of her and she and and two bloody fingers and it says it says I got fingered on my period and I fucking loved it or I bloody loved it because that's how you get a, a pun in there and that goes around the school that goes around the school and then it gets like put onto Reddit things and then people are making their own memes and like she gets recognized by kids from another school from the meme. So like it really does have like a high penetration rate. Mm-hmm. Um, but Look at your social media marketing terms. <laughs> also, oh, penetration. Oh. The thing that really hit me about the book was the the way in which students... And kids can be cruel to each other in just really, it's, it is cutting Mm -hmm. how cruel they can be to each other. And like Harriet is, before Harriet knows that it's Frankie, she puts a lot of time into shaming this person who, who did a sexual act on their period because it distracts everything, everyone from the sexual thing that she did Mm -hmm. and she's kind of spiraling so she does a couple of other cruel things as well um but yeah no overall i highly recommend the book it's fantastic there's benjamin is lovely he is both at fault but it's not his fault Mm -hmm. if that makes sense um and frankie's parents are also really fantastic i actually I know that I was praising the teachers earlier for being on the ball about like child porn, but also they are so dumb because very clearly one of their students is having a horrific time and they do not intervene in any way or like check in on her until she stops going to school. Um, She bunks on Friday pretends to be sick all weekend, gets out of school Monday, and on Tuesday, her parents are like, no, you really do have to go back to school. And she goes in for the morning and then bunks off again. And at that point, the school administration, like, contact her parents, and then her parents find out about everything that's happening. But I'm like, you really should be, there's clearly something happening here (laughs) that you need to be checking in on before this event. I guess the difference is that child porn's illegal. So they can get into yeah. legal trouble for that and there's mandatory it's, reporting. I guess it's also much more immediate. Like, it can be difficult yeah, they, to monitor the things that kids are saying. But, but like, they I feel instantly like, knew that Harriet had sent a naked picture to her teacher. That is something it, that they immediately were aware of. Yes, this is true. It wasn't fully naked. She was, it was, she was in her, like, pajamas and, like, sexually posed. And I think there was a bit of, bit of nip. But yes. Because uh, it actually, um, Harriet or Frankie later has the opportunity to send a sexy picture and she remembers what happened to to Harriet and is like, I will send a picture of me 
fully clothed as thank you. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you, smart. Because, um, and this doesn't get talked about enough, it is illegal. And child pornograph- pornography, if you, an under 18 year old, send a naked picture of yourself to another under 18 year old, that is also illegal. I know yep. it's your body. and You can do what you want with it, but you cannot send it to another child. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's, yep. <laughs> a thing That's... I think, I, I am aware, like, not actually many of our listeners are teenagers, but, like, that is something I think teenagers need to know, because nudes have become part of sexual courtship and self-expression in the modern world. So, like, obviously teens are like, I want to do my courtship and flirting and all the same way that is normal in my culture but this bit illegal it's yeah it's super dodge and yeah i don't know take a picture show them your flash them your phone and then take it back again don't send it um i don't i don't have advice i'm not actually sure where the legalities of just taking the picture are but once you send it it's definitely bad yeah I don't think, I don't know, but I feel like you can't get in trouble for possessing pictures of your own naked body. But the concept of porn is very leaky as well. There's no like hard border of this is porn and this isn't. And sometimes people like for legal reasons have to make a hard definition there, but yeah, I mean, like, for some people, a picture of a feet is a picture for a feet. And for other people, that is... Who? Sexy. That is the... Yep. That's the content right there. Yep. For some reason. Each that's, to their own. Let's not be shaming yeah. on this podcast about sexual shaming. I'm just... I'm just backing up your point that, like, it's difficult to find that line of what is porn and what isn't. Though I do feel like sometimes, like, okay, some things might might be might be dodgy, but definitely when it comes up on my Tumblr feed, I'm like, that's porn. That mm-hmm. that picture there, that was intended to be porn. And like I don't, porn or I don't want to see it on my Tumblr feed. It's so hard to know. <laughs> is this just an M&S food ad? Can oh. we know? Um... So yeah, the the rest of the book is Frankie dealing with with this this shaming and being recognized and the various ways in dif- in which different people deal with it. Um, I think that it was really good, very accurate. It reminded me of John Ronson's "So You've Been Publicly Shamed," which actually gets a call out in the acknowledgments at the end, which is a book about people who have gone viral on the internet for negative reasons and the impact that it has on their real life lives i've never heard of that book but i think it's interesting and good for a book like this it is it is very interesting and it makes you feel a lot more empathy for people who maybe tweet something that that is racist or homophobic or whatnot as a joke and then all of a sudden are fired or homeless or other very negative, impactful things and can no longer get employment. And while I do not think that these people should be saying homophobic and racist things on the internet, I'm also 
have a little bit more sympathy for the fact that like tens of thousands of people are now jumping on to tell them that they should die and have massively negative things happen to them this is a and, like, thing be which... more conscious of your of the things that you are saying because the things that you say hurt people but also if someone says something hurtful maybe you should be conscious about the fact that they themselves are an individual and not say negative things to them i don't think twitter like twitter doesn't realize that it is a witch hunt um yes but it is now I'm using that term consciously um, because also the people who are cancelled are disproportionately of um, oppressed identities. You know, there mm-hmm. are more more trans women get cancelled than cis women, for example. Um, and it is because of this. I mean, it's it's because of complicated social stuff, but a lot of it is this idea that if you have done one bad thing or said one bad thing, like for your example, if you said one homophobic thing, that is proof that you secretly have been homophobic your whole life and that you are just a homophobe. That is your whole thing and everyone needs to distance themselves from you because also it's contagious that kind of social ostracism in the internet age gets contagious so people can get in trouble for um being friends with someone who did something shit or even just professionally interacting with them um this is something i noticed with uh lindsay ellis uh was a big name youtuber who recently got cancelled for saying that a tv show was similar to another TV show, which people first off took to say that she was insulting one of the TV shows for not being original. And then, because some of the similarities are due to the, they're they're both fantasy shows, but they Mm -hmm. draw on, I think, Southeast Asian cultures for their setting. And she got cancelled for saying that and not acknowledging that, for, for acknowledging that as a similarity. I guess, um, because it was like you're painting all of Southeast Asia as one thing and you're saying we can't have more than one Southeast Asian show, um, which is sort of like a strange place to start from. But then once you get put into the shame machine, it's very self-perpetuating and people kept digging up older and older things that she'd done, which were bad, some of which were very bad. Um I just think is this a productive way to manage our communities I just I find I find that like if someone says something problematic now you should be like hey that was problematic please reflect on that and think about it but I find that like pulling up receipts especially when you go back a few years also problematic um because I'm like it just assumes that nobody can think about what they've done and grow from it. And possibly maybe you should go back under the things that you have said and have written evidence of on the internet and take it down. But I just, I think that people can grow. I know that I am not the same person that I was five years ago and I don't say and believe a lot like the same things that I did then. And I definitely don't say and believe the things that I said in secondary school. And I would hate if someone came and 
pulled those receipts on me because I'd be like, I have no justification for those. That's just who I was aged 18. I'm very sorry. I didn't know as much about the world as I do now. And I said hurtful things to people that I loved. Um, That's just... Are you aware of the concept of Lashon Hara? No. This is something that like I don't know super much about. It's actually... um. I think it started as a Twitter thread, but I saw some um, an article about it. And Lashon Hara is a concept called, which translates to evil tongue, um, which is a sort of, it's a Jewish etiquette slash social conduct slash sort of moral teaching. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know to which... Jewish communities it applies I don't know where it developed but part of it is the idea that um it is saying and saying a nasty thing that's not accomplishing anything um and it's something that you should refrain from um and it's like it's not gossip because you can gossip that's fine it's not libel because it can be a true thing it would be like saying I can't believe Kira said this homophobic thing when she was 18 um yeah so like you can talk about wild drama you can talk about um, a real dangerous person who's actually doing danger that you're like, okay, I literally don't think I can say this out loud because um, I'll get in big trouble. But, you know, um, if someone was talking about Harvey Weinstein to a woman in Mm -hmm. the uh, movie industry in 2010 and she was warning her, that's not Lash and Hara. But it's like, um, if you're like, I can't believe... Kira said a homophobic thing in 2012. It would be like, yeah. okay, what's the point of you saying this? Why are you telling me this? Is the question you need to ask. Like, um, what what do you want to achieve with this information? Um, and like, what why? <laughs> um, so I think a lot of the time um, people are like, um, you know, they feel like they can't slip up and be... And re- realize they've made a mistake and grow, um, which is something that's and very important to be able to do in a small, close knit community. Which is, I think, why it's why it existed in Jewish communities and still exists, presumably, is because mm-hmm. they're marginalized. Um, if you're in a community of two hundred people and you guys rely on each other to survive, you can't keep digging up old drama and continue to function because um, it weakens the community. Um, it doesn't mean you can't be hurt by a hurtful thing and want to be and want an apology. Um, but it's like, okay, cool. You can't keep bringing it up or you can't, yeah. you need to acknowledge that the other person isn't categorically evil because they fucked up. Um, I, it's just something I've been trying to really do more of. And it's like, if you want to mm-hmm. tell a story about someone who did a shit thing, but like, you don't want to, hurt that person in the real time you can still talk about it you can talk about it with them and you can tell your wild story but you don't need to say this person living at this address at this twitter (laughs) at called me a dyke (laughs) like you can just say i found it really hurtful one time last year when one of my friends like used a term that i don't feel comfortable them using or whatever and it's just to be more careful um, about that and the harm you can do. 
I think that the other thing about this is that like the society that we live in that is constantly judging us for every microaggression that we persist in, and that's not to say that we shouldn't uh be called out and 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 grow from these things, but it does lead to people being like, I can't make any mistakes. And if I make a mistake, I have to double down on it so that like, because there's no, there's no coming back from this. Yeah. Like, um, and I think that we need to be better as a society at being like, Hey, the thing you did was hurtful for ABC reason. Google it. Be a better version of yourself instead of, instead of being like, Hey, the thing you did was hurtful and now you should go kill yourself yeah and i think it's particularly Um, you say society but i think this is particularly important in progressive spaces because you know people in regressive spaces are not concerning themselves with this shit you know this is true you know the like ultra like conservative politicians the far right people like that are not concerning themselves with this so we're weakening our own communities and our own cause and making ourselves less able to support one another and grow by fighting our allies instead of our yeah. enemies. Um, and this is this is kind of, I think it's cool to read, uh, to bring this back to like the, the sexual shaming in this book because you can see that a lot of it has come from fear of your own precarious social situation. Like people mm-hmm. will lash out at someone who's made a misstep so that they can be seen to be on the right side of history um, and they're not going to get taken down with this latest round of public shaming, um, which is what happens with Harriet and Frankie in this. Yeah, and like as things escalate with the public shaming, uh, Frankie starts receiving like actual like threats from people that she doesn't know as things like extend out on the internet further and further. And like... She stays home sick from school one day and she can't stop herself from looking at the forums and reading what people are saying about her. And then she starts getting all these DMs and people are threatening to rape her. Jesus! And she is so terrified that like a, a delivery man comes to the door and someone has threatened to find out where she lives and come and rape her. And she's so terrified that like a delivery man comes to the door and she cannot answer the door. She just yells at him to leave. Just leave, leave, leave. I don't want you here. She's so scared. And I really think, while this is horrific that it's happening to women across the world and that it's happening, I think, oh, this book was just like so good at humanizing the person at the other end of your messages. Mm-hmm. And like, how scary that can be to receive so much hate and abuse for something that you've almost no like in this instant frankie has no control over what's happened like she participated in a consensual sexual act where she and her partner had a lot of fun and it was it's actually one of the best sexy scenes i've ever read partly because i don't particularly like reading sex scenes so i like when they are vague yep and and like the way the book is formatted allows that, but also like this is this is the bit right after they finished, and it goes, I expected my first time getting serious like this to be so serious, and it's so not. In fact, Benjamin and I are still laughing, gasping at the fun of using nothing but our hands and our fingers and our joint solar solar plexuses to make each other come. 
We lie on the floor of the hall of my house, panting and laughing. In the hall? It was fun. Oh yeah, they don't even get out of the... They, they, they Things get hot and heavy. She brings him... They get into the hall and things are just like... They enter the house and things are just a little bit awkward. And she's like, do you want a drink? Because he's just finished rugby mm-hmm. training. And she gets him a drink. And then like in the passing of the drink from her hands to his hands, it falls and spills everywhere. And then they're like, oh no, our clothes are all wet. So they take off their shirts and then they're like, dang. You have a chest Now we though. got a kiss. <laughs> you have a chest Frankie bites his thigh. Like, get it. She has been thinking... She he's been in his little rugby shorts and he she has been thinking about his thigh for like the last ten to fifteen minutes and when they start getting down to things she's like I want to bite your thigh and then she's like oh my god I can't believe I said that out loud and he's just like yeah go for it and then she does and it was meaty that's good I love a good fun like consensual like- sexual teen experience good for them. But, like, when they do discover that, like, the blood, they literally are just like, it's cool. And he goes and washes his hands. And I'm like, you know what? Good. Because also, you should wash your hands after you finger someone, regardless of whether or not there's yeah, blood Yeah, there's on a them. microbiome down there. Oh. Please wash your hands. Um, so. And th- so, like, this thing happens, and then it just escalates from there. And she has no control over it. And, yeah, it's a really good book. It's a really good book. And we had a great discussion. Highlights? Lowlights? Weird little sidelights. Um, I think my highlight is just the is is that it is in verse. I think I would have enjoyed it as a prose novel as well, but there's something really intimate, as I said, of reading a verse novel which just condenses everything down to the bare minimum of and it the all. Feelings of it all, and the feelings of it all. It's just I think it's just very immediate, and I really enjoyed it. And I think that if I hadn't finished it. At work, uh, on my lunch break, I would have gotten a lot more emotional about the ending. But it did. It did. Did you cry at work? It also. I did not cry at work. I have cried at work, but not this week. Don't start for Kira. Uh, I think my. I don't really have um a low life. I felt for a lot of the book. The thing with that was happening with Harriet was disjointed to what was happening with Frankie, but it is true that two things can be happening at once, and that can be true. And the fact that she didn't have Harriet did, like, she was isolated in both, in in every sense, because also her friends were like picking sides between her and Harriet, and what was happening between between them both. So like. When it rains, it pours, yeah. you know? And that makes all of it compound and get worse and all. Yeah, and then sidelights. Honestly, Benjamin is just a sweetheart. He is cast as a baddie for some of it because there's an unsureness of how how people found out about what happened between them, if they're the only two people who knows. And Frankie is like, I know that I didn't tell anyone, so it must have been Benjamin. Mm-hmm. And... I don't want to get into it, but um, he is just a sweetheart and he did not purposefully betray Frankie's trust. There is another character that I didn't talk about who is just down and out a bad guy. And he has been causing a lot of trouble for a lot of people just in the background. And I'm like, you're a bad guy. And I hope you get your comeuppance. But not an online forever life shaming. No, I hope you... Get the kind of comeuppance that makes you cop on. 
and grow as yeah. a person. Uh, so that was Blood Moon by Lucy Catru, and I really enjoyed it. I'm gonna be we're both gonna be back next month with our trans reads from the Small Trans Library Dublin. And in the meantime, you can see and hear what we're doing on social media. We're on Twitter at Forever YA Pods. We're on Instagram at Forever YA Podcast. We also have a Patreon that you can support us at if you like what we're doing and and uh, want to give us some money for coffee and better recording equipment, both equally uh, vital to my existence. And, and uh, no spoilers, I think guys. That's everything. But we might be mm. doing a bit more on the Patreon soon. So if you want to keep an eye yes. on Twitter, we will talk about that. We also we are moving away from Goodreads because we want to support Jeff Bezos as little as possible, and we are currently setting up on LibraryThings.com, which is a just a different a different method of recording the books that you read and what you're doing with your life. And I am currently in the process of moving our books that we have read in the past and that we intend to read in the future over there. Yeah, it has got a most of the same functionality as Goodreads and you'll be able to follow us on there the exact same as you did on Goodreads. Um, yeah, Kira covered all the social medias really well. I will be back on the second Tuesday of next month reading Out of Salem by Hal Shreve, um, which is, on the back it says, the best teen zombie, witchy, werewolf, fairy, fantasy, murder mystery you've ever read. And so far, that's true. <laughs> Can't wait to discuss it. Well, uh, everyone take care of yourselves until you hear us next. And in fact, just take care of yourselves in general. Um, thanks for listening and Kira thank you for telling me about Blood Moon it was really interesting cool talk to you all soon bye okay that's for every young adult a good podcast where we review